to the Travel Squad podcast. We adventure the world together, one passport stamp at a time. We're here to share travel news, tips, and our own adventures with you. Every Travel Tuesday, we share stories on a variety of topics, including our hometown, San Diego, hiking, weekenders, national parks, international getaways, and inspiring you to go on your own adventures, even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. And I'm Kim. And And we're we're the the Travel Travel Squad Squad Podcast. Podcast. So grab your ticket and your passport. And don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hello, fellow travelers. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 120 of the Travel Squad podcast. Today, we are taking you on my birthday trip to Maui. Maui is a Hawaiian destination I've wanted to visit for years. The lush jungle, the warm beaches, the aloha vibes, they're all calling my name, but I was not on this birthday trip. So I'm here with you squatties to ask questions and take notes for my 2022 trip. Yes. So Maui was a fun island, no doubt. When we hear Maui, I think Maui is probably the number one island people go to in Hawaii. And so I had real, real high expectations thinking of Maui, like this was going to be this lush tropical paradise. And it was fun. I think a lot of people talking about it really, really hyped it up for me. But in hindsight, as I've come back and reflected, I enjoyed it more in hindsight than when I was on the trip because I think I had a real high expectation. So I want to say this to anybody who hasn't been yet to Maui and maybe has been to some of the other Hawaiian islands is it's great, but everyone really hypes this up. And it's a great place, but I don't know if it needs to be hyped up as much as people hype it up. I'm going to be honest. I would hate to lie to our listeners and squatties here. So I'm going to throw out that tidbit of that's my honest assessment. Just keeping it real here on the Travel Squad podcast. I have to keep it real. I can't like be like, oh, Maui is this wonderful place. It did not let me down, but I had high expectations. Hmm. Okay. Setting the bar low. Here we go. Not setting it low. Just stating (laughs) facts, Kim. So one of the reasons why we actually went to Maui was I wanted to go somewhere for my birthday and I wasn't quite sure where. And then I started looking at flights and we had companion pass this last year. So if I bought a flight, Jamal got his flight for free and I looked at flights to Maui and round trip, it was less than $100 per flight. So it was super cheap. And then Jamal was going to get his flight for free. And then they went on a sale. So literally for four flights, round trip for Jamal and I, we paid about $110, $120. That is unheard of. How are you supposed to not go to Hawaii for that price? I mean, normally a flight to Hawaii is easily $300 one way. Obviously, you could get the sales, but we got a real fucking hard moment right yeah, there. And we, we had to hop on that for Brittany's birthday. Yeah. And they had a direct flight from San Diego to Maui. So we couldn't pass it up. Wow. Like, direct flight, no stops. It was, it was amazing. So we left on a Friday night. We arrived in Maui and we stayed in Wailuku, which is only about 15 minutes away from the airport and I would recommend staying in this area because it's very close to a whole bunch of other places in Maui. If you stay on the north side, you're going to be secluded. You're going to have to do a lot more driving, which is kind of what we did. Like if you remember back to our episode about Kauai, we stayed on like the northern part of the island. So you then would have to do a lot more driving to get around the island. Yeah, Wailuku is in the center part of the island. And I wouldn't say that this area at all is touristy or resorty. So you're going to get the real best rates, like in terms of 
of places to stay here. However, if you are looking for the more resorty areas and wanting to stay close to the beach, this won't necessarily do it for you. But I mean, it is a relatively small island, so you're not far from these places, but more bang for your buck. But if you're going for the resort style feel, you want to stay at one of the places on the north or west side of the island. So whenever we heard of Maui or whenever I heard of Maui, I always thought of the road to Hana. Everyone talks about the road to Hana. Are you familiar with that, Kim? Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's like a must, must do. So we decided that we were going to do the road to Hana on Saturday, but we decided to do the road of Hana backwards. And the road to Hana is on the southeast side of the island. And the reason why we wanted to do it backwards is because we wanted to hit the national park, Haleakala National Park on that backside. And had we done it the other way, then we wouldn't have gotten to that location to last. And we wanted to do some hiking first thing in the morning. Yeah, so we went the back way, as Brittany had said. So a really unique way to go. Quite honestly, I really wasn't expecting the scenic views that we got when we did this. It was like really jagged rock, not very lush or green. The road was paved terribly. Granted, this is at the part going to the southern end of the National Park, Haleakala, before you start the road to Hana. But real sketchy roads. If you know anything about the road to Hana, they always tell you too, they're not the most safe, I want to say. Not to say that it's really dangerous dangerous to do, but it's definitely narrow. And that's what they say. But in this area, really jagged roads and rocks and things of that nature. And I was not expecting to see goats, Brittany. Yeah. No one warned us about the goats. There were (laughs) goats everywhere, black goats. And they would like be along the roadside and we were afraid we were going to hit them, but like tons of goats. They camouflaged in that volcanic rock really, really good. I kid you not, Kim. I almost (laughs) literally crashed into five goats five different times, like of them just jetting out into the the road there. So I'm glad I avoided that and I had no clue there were goats on the island. Yeah, so after seeing all the goats, we finally made it to the National Park. And the National Park on Maui, again, is called Haleakala National Park. And we wanted to do the Pipi Way Trail because it has this very, very, very beautiful scenic waterfall at the end. And that's primarily what we were going for. And so it's a four-mile hike. only took us about two hours. But there are more than one waterfall on the way. There was the first falls that we came across called Mac. Kahiku Falls. And this is a 200 foot horsetail waterfall and it runs over like this gulch area. And so you can just see how powerful waterfalls truly are. It was unique because at the time that we were there, you know, it was sunny and then the clouds would come in and it would rain. So we saw the waterfall in full force because of how much rain was really coming. But this area of the national park is on the southern end of the island. So you can't even get to this area of the national park from the other entrance that they have on the north side and center of the island. So it's one of those national parks where they have different locations, but not one road that runs all the way through it. So this is truly the only way to get there is either doing the road to Hana and coming across at last or doing the road to Hana in reverse and starting on the south side and working up. And that's what we did. And there's so much to see along this trail, just not the highlight of the waterfall because we just saw that first waterfall that we just talked about. And then there was a very, very large 
banyan tree. If you don't know what a banyan tree is, look it up. They're a very huge, beautiful tree and they get so large that they can sprawl out over an acre. So I have never seen one. What exactly does it look like? Are they like draping down or very large and wide? Very, very large and wide. And it almost looks like there's multiple tree stumps that are like right next to each other. It's just like really, really large and wide. And then the branches do come down pretty low. So you can climb on some of the branches and they do produce a good amount of shade as well. Sounds pretty. And when you were talking, Kim, about like the lush jungle areas, this is the area of Maui where I felt that it was really lush and jungly. Yeah. So I pulled up some pictures of the road to Hana and Jamal, I don't know what you're talking about because this looks amazing. In terms of what? Just the jungle, the coastal, the waterfalls. No, the the road. I didn't say the road to Hana wasn't cool. It's like green cascading across all of the mountains and then gorgeous blue waters right below you. But that's if you take it the opposite way. We went the back way. So was that a decision you made to make or made by mistake? No, no, we made it because we wanted to get to the south end of the national park first. So that's why when we went, we didn't do the road to Hana. The road to Hana is supposed to start like on the northeast side and work your way around the island south to Hana. And further south would be the national park area where we did the Way Trail that Brittany is talking about. So what we did is we started on the north side of the island and worked our way like northwest to south that way we can get to the national park first and then we didn't reverse so what i'm saying is on that trail that we did before we started the road to hana like on the way to the national park that's where it was like barren like really really barren when you're at the road to hana yes it does get lush and that's where your jungle area and Mm -hmm. everything is at okay So while we were hiking, right after we got past the banyan tree, it started to downpour, like literally not just drizzle, not rain. It was downpouring. Like we put on our jackets, our hoodies, we pulled out our umbrellas. Was it cold? Nope. Wasn't cold. Hiking in shorts, (laughs) but we got soaked. So, so. You could have used that backpacking umbrella that we had in our gift guide. I thought exactly that (laughs) thought, Kim, and I realized I should have it by now, but we had our regular umbrellas, which I was able to hold and do and I don't mind getting wet like if I'm really committed but I knew it's going to be in the car for the road to Hana in reverse after that for a really long time didn't really bring a change of clothes so I was like I hate being like partially wet and otherwise I could have fully committed for the hike if I had a change of clothes but I did not so luckily we had the umbrella but I think the fact that it started to downpour on us really created a unique environment that we got to experience the hike and the national park I mean this hike you start kind of like at sea level a little bit where the parking lot is in the national park you see the ocean you work your way up it starts to get really jungly at some point it flattens out and you hike through this tall bamboo forest there's nothing around you but just tall bamboo shoots and then it starts to get more jungly with trees and things like that and then you come across this apex of this huge huge waterfall at the end and what's really cool about the waterfall and it's called Waimoko Falls it's 400 feet cascading and they have a picture right when you get to the waterfall that shows what it looks like on a normal day when it's not raining and then what it looks like when it's raining and I'm glad we got to see it when it was raining because I don't want 
to say it's barren, but I mean, you really get to see it gush. And so it's funny that it was raining, but they have that photo right there looking at it that will show you the difference between the two. And it's a crazy contrast. Yeah. And Waimoku Falls is a 400 foot waterfall. So it's very large, very beautiful. And when we got to it, there was only one other couple that was on the trail with us at that time. And they did leave after they got their picture. So we did get to just be able to stand and stare at the waterfall for some time by ourselves, which is really nice, especially when you're on a very, very popular trail. That doesn't happen very often. And Jamal did mention that you do go through the bamboo forest. What he failed to mention at that part is while you're walking through the bamboo forest, you're walking on an elevated platform as well because that area gets very muddy. So it helps protect you and your shoes and you from sliding, but it just makes it really unique as well. So we definitely have a ton of good pictures that we're going to post. So do you recommend this trail? You get two waterfalls, the bamboo forest, the banyan tree, and it's within the national park. And so when we were done with that and was making the U-turn back, we did something that's right at the start of the trail called Ohio Gulch. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. But this area is really cool. And another awesome thing about the fact that it was raining at that point in time is this is where all that water runoff from the waterfall comes and falls into the ocean. So we're sitting there at the edge of the water and then we're just able able to see the river and stream that's created from the rain as it's flowing into the ocean. And normally when it's not raining, they actually allow you to go in and swim in that area because it creates these natural layered pools. But when the water is so treacherous as it was because of the rain, obviously you can't do that. I think if anybody got in there, they'd be swept out to sea for sure. I mean, for it was sure. crazy to just see all that water like rushing into the ocean from there. But I would love to go back because it is called Ohio Gulch, but it's also known as the seven sacred pools. So when that water is not running like that and it's more of a dry season, then you can actually swim and enjoy those pools a lot more. Hey travelers, let's take a quick detour to talk all about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you. We now have six different trip itineraries, one week in Kauai, an American Southwest weekend or road trip, a week in Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks, a road trip adventure featuring all three of Washington State's national parks, Big Island, Hawaii, and an Arizona road trip that features all three of Arizona's national parks. We are obsessed with these. These itineraries are 20 to 30 page PDF guides with every detail of the trip laid out. We're talking where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance prices, where to eat, and driving distance between attractions. Plus what things to see and do, even the hikes we recommend, and their mileage, and the time to allow for each one, and so much more. We have story highlights on our Instagram, at Travel Squad Podcast, where you can see the full guides. We've done all of the research and have taken these exact trips, taking our all of the guesswork from the planning. So all that you have to do is show up and have fun. Purchase your comprehensive Travel Squad podcast itinerary on our website at travelsquadpodcast.com. Best of all, they're on sale right now for $30. So travel on over and get yours today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So like what Jamal said earlier, we were doing the road to Hana backwards. So Kim, as you were saying that you pulled up those pictures, that's when we came across the lush greenness. We're on the cliff's edge, very narrow road, waterfalls around every corner that you go to. There's tons of stops along the way. We actually followed a guide. It was an online guide called like the 17 stops to the road to Hana. So we did get to see some of those stops and highlights of the road. One of the highlights being a stop at the halfway point to get some delicious banana bread. Banana bread in Maui. Yes. And see, that's one of the things. And again, you know, everyone talks about the road to Hana and the scenery around is beautiful. And as cool as it was that it was raining when we were doing the hiking for the waterfalls, I think it kind of, I don't want to say ruined the experience, but I imagine if we were driving through the road to Hana when it was sunny and I can see the coast and it wasn't cloudy and the greens were a little bit more vibrant, it would have been a little bit more cool. But along the road to Hana, they have all those different stops that Brittany was saying, at least 17 notable ones. And most of them are actual places to stop and do souvenir shopping or a place to get food. This one at the halfway point, the banana bread. So a lot of it, I felt in the moment hearing everyone say, road to Hana, road to Hana, the scenery is beautiful, but everything along the way, I felt like it almost is a tourist trap. The banana bread was good, but here we were just paying now eight bucks to try the banana bread that this stand is famous <laughs> for. And it's like a little baby loaf and it was good, no doubt. But it's just like, again, I almost felt that little sense of, what is everyone talking about over here? But I think the weather played into that fact of the scenery. But mm, the, the okay. stops along the way, I think, can be done without unless they're the scenic stops of the waterfalls and jungle areas. So the banana bread wasn't good. It was good, but it was hyped up to be like the best banana bread ever. And, and you're like, I yeah. had banana bread a, all over. And Brittany makes a killer banana bread. <laughs> I mean, when you're there, you got to try it. But it was eight bucks for a baby little loaf is what I'm saying. But let me tell you what I didn't regret. I got this coconut candy. They take some coconut, they shave some coconut, they roast the coconut slowly with brown sugar and it becomes like a coconut candy and it literally like melts in your mouth. It is so good and chewy and oh my God, I would highly recommend picking up some coconut candy for your route. And that was bomb and they sold it at the halfway to Hana point where they sold that banana bread. So I would say maybe bypass the banana bread and get the coconut candy. Like I usually don't like coconut shavings and stuff like that in general general but then when Brittany gave me a piece to try I was just like I was addicted to that I was like oh give me more give me more they were so good <laughs> so once you got back from the road to Hana was there anything else that you did that day yeah, so we went to this one little town along the way called Paia. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm always so bad with Hawaiian names. So it's spelled P-A-I-A. And we ended up stopping here because Brittany did a little bit of research. And supposedly it's really popular for their pizza and pizza pies. So we went here. We tried some really unique ones. We got a Kalua pork pizza. So the pork that they cook in the ground and do Sounds all that good. stuff. Yeah, topped on top of the pizza. Pizza, it was really, really good. And right down the street from the flatbread pizza place was a shave ice place. And you know, when you're in Hawaii, you have to try shave ice. 
we did have to try some shave ice and Brittany was real hard on her flavors. I didn't really say anything to her because it was her birthday and I was letting her pick, but she picked a terrible shave ice topping, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. What was the topping? Well, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was coconut and I think lychee and then it was snow capped. So with like the condensed milk, that's the way to get it. Yeah, but it wasn't very colorful because coconut's white and lychee's, you know, kind of like clear white. So Jamal's like, oh, you picked some terrible flavors. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. So we did end up going back and redeemed it for Jamal's experience. Don't say for my experience. I asked you straight up, tell me my flavor combination is not better. And you're like, yeah, it's better. But we didn't stop there. After the shave ice, we're like, you know what? We're in Hawaii. We might as well go to the beach because we hadn't been to the beach really yet. And so we went for sunset and there was a beach called Kewakapu Beach. And it was a very beautiful white sand beach. We just laid out a beach towel, our Turkish towels, actually, because that's what you brought. Also was on our gift guide for Christmas last year. Yes. And I love the Turkish towels. They're super easy to pack. They don't collect sand. They dry really easily. So we laid those down and we brought beers to the beach to enjoy as well. Very proud of you guys. Yes. Beers from Maui Brewing Company. So, you know, on Big Island, they have Kona Brewing. On Maui, they have Maui Brewing. And they actually have a brewery out there that we were planning on going to and wanted to go to that night, as a matter of fact. But we were kind of short on time. So we're like, well, should we have the beer here or save that for tomorrow or pick up some beer from the store and actually go to the beach and watch Sunset? And that was our option. And that was quite enjoyable, our first Maui beach experience. And it was definitely nice. You know, what's funny is like, and again, this goes into the misconception that I had. I mean, everyone talks about Maui. And again, where we stayed was not in a resorty area at all. And for us, that worked out fine. Here where we went to the beach, this is where you start to get to the resorty areas and see the beautiful beaches, the more expensive hotels and everything like that. And so it was a nice experience to finally get to see that part of Maui that I just hadn't seen the entire time that we were there that day. So squad tip for you guys is to bring a collapsible cooler to Maui. We've talked about that on many of our other trips, but you know, it's very hot. Some of the places we went to, like on the road to Hana, there weren't a lot of places to stop for food when we went backwards. And then when you go to the beaches, you might just wanna bring some nice cold beer. So we packed our collapsible cooler. We've talked about it time and time again. And that cooler has like made it all over the United States. (laughs) I'm waiting for its first international trip. That is to be determined though. But Kim, you'd be really proud of us because on that Sunday, we had an entire beach day. Ooh. We dedicated the day entirely to the beach. And you want to know why? Because we looked up things to do in Maui and there wasn't a lot of things to do in Maui. Road to Hana is one of them. And they say that should take all day for you to do. Plus Haleakala National Park, which we also did the day before. And we knew the next day, which is Brittany's birthday, which highlight, and I can't wait to get to this part of the episode, watching the sunrise at the top of the volcano which we did. So we were like, all right, well, if Maui's famous for the beaches, let's go ahead and find a list of top beaches. And we did that for the majority of the day. So you would be very proud. So you ventured to different beaches. We did. We went to, I want to say like three different beaches. We started south and made our way north. So we woke up and we got a macadamia nut latte. And then we Mm. headed to the first beach, which is called McKenna Beach, also known as Big Beach. And oh my God, 
they had some of the biggest waves in surf that I've ever seen. How big are we talking? I mean, they were literally up to 15 to 20 feet at some point, like crashing in. And I've never seen waves crash like that normally outside of a storm up along the beach. I mean, it was just crazy. For the most part, the waves were definitely still high. I would say, you know, like five foot swells, but occasionally they would just all of a sudden randomly get 15 to 20 feet high. And we were trying to take photos of it when it happened or videos, and it just wouldn't even translate to our video. So we couldn't even post it to Instagram because it doesn't look as good on the video as it does in person. Like you just don't realize how big it is. But it got so big and swelled at one point that we were super far back on the beach away from the water and someone's towel not ours, but someone else who was at the beach was maybe about like 10 feet in front of us and probably 30 feet away from the water. And the water came and soaked all their towels and all their belongings. And we would just barely missed it. But they got that high that the waves crashing came like 30, 40 feet back from the beach edge. But wow. really, really beautiful beach, white sand beach, plenty of space to sprawl out. Again, it's called Big Beach. There was like three different parking lots to get to this beach. So there's plenty of room for you to park, get out, explore, walk the beach. We did get into the water water. You just have to be careful because those swells can pull you out pretty easily. Were there surfers out there? There were surfers out there for sure, but not exactly where we were on the beach. So again, McKenna Beach is one beach, but there's two sections, big beach and small beach. And we were in the big beach section a little bit south of where we were. We saw more surfers. And I think the swells over there were better for surfing than the area where we were, which is more like kind of layout and beach vibes and relax. Can you believe Jamal and I laid out on the beach for a while? Did you get sunburned? It's actually pretty good this time, Kim. I did not get sunburned. (laughs) I did put on some sunscreen and I uh, navigated and avoided that successfully. Nice. Yeah, and we laid out. We were out there for a few hours, Kim. You'd be really proud of us. So we worked up an appetite. We went and got some food. We got some fish tacos and calamari and coconut shrimp from a place called Coconuts. That was really good to stop into. And then we also stopped into Maui Brewing for some beers there. And it was all outside. It was really nice. The weather was perfect. So that was really cool. And then I had read up on a place called Leota's, and they're famous for their pies. So I was really craving their chocolate mac nut pie, but they had a ton of pie selections. They probably had like eight to 10 different pies to choose from. And so I'm really glad we had our cooler again because we wanted to take that to another beach and eat the pie while we were sitting on the beach. Yeah, so we really wanted to take our pie to the beach, like Brittany said. So we drove a little bit north of where we picked up the pie, and we went to Ka and Napali Beach. And this is starting to get really more into the resort areas also. It's funny, like in Maui, there's two really resort areas on the very northwest end and then on the southern midwest end. So this is going all the way to the northwest end over here. And we went to this beach. It's a three-mile stretch of white sand beach, and it was once named... America's best beach. And so with that in mind, I get there. I'm super excited. And I don't know how it was once voted America's best beach. What didn't you like about it? It was beautiful water. 
I could see with lots of people snorkeling, there's probably cool stuff. What I didn't like about it is the beach was really, really narrow. And by that, I mean that from the water to the point where it's sand and then all of a sudden rocks and you can't really sit or do anything, it was no more than about like eight feet. So you really have barely any space to like lay out a towel. Otherwise, you are going to get soaked and you can't really lay out and relax. So it made eating the pie a little bit hard. But I could see potentially why it's rated or was rated one of the best is because all the resorts are there. And if you're not on the beach, you're on an elevated position of nice manicured green grass and they have all the cabanas and stuff laying out. So you have the views if you're staying in the hotel. But if you're just a regular patron coming to the beach, it's really hard to lay out. And clearly, if you're not a resort guest, you can't utilize those services that are up there. So I I think that's why it kind of made it difficult for us. Do you think that you visited during a high tide? I do think it was like a little bit of a higher tide, but do I think that it gets really low and then there's a lot of beach space in general? No. Well, I'm looking at pictures online. It looks like quite a bit of room, more than eight feet. So I'm thinking maybe you got it on a bad moment, just like the rain. I think the weather and the timing just kind of skewed your impression. Yeah, you know, and again, I'm not trying to rag hard on Maui. I'm really, really not. I just know, and I admitted this, like I really had a high expectation because I always hear everyone say Maui, Maui, Maui. And so I expected a lot. And in hindsight, I'm looking back on the trip and I thoroughly enjoyed it and enjoyed a lot of what we did. I just know in the moment there, I thought to myself, like, I'm expecting more. And that's my own problem on uh, why I had the perception of Maui that I did. I'm also in denial that Maui can't be not as great as everyone makes it out to be. (laughs) Just like you were in denial of when we said that uh, Nashville isn't as hot as people think it is. And and it it was better than you made it seem. I'll be honest about that. But is it great? (laughs) Like people say, be honest, it's not. It has its pros like for live music and stuff. But is it as hyped as some people make it seem now? Well, I think part of the problem, too, is the first island we went to was the best, Kauai. You really Mm, can't get better. So then, like, you know, maybe we should have started with, like, Oahu or Maui first and then saved Kauai for last. Because now my expectation and the bar is so high that anytime we go to another island, I'm like, it's not Kauai. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, Maui, we did still have a good time. I just think that it wasn't Jamal's favorite island. I think people like Maui because there's beaches and it's different than the rest of the continental USA because it's an island and you know it's island life there and it feels different than home but it's not it's not anything special to us since we've been to other grander places. And I think I know a lot of what it is also too, is what Brittany and I like to do on trips. If you are staying in the resort areas and which, like I said, we drove through them to go to a couple of the beaches, you're going to have a good time. But Brittany and I are not in the resort areas to like stay there and just be looking at the ocean all the time. We're going on hikes, doing this and just stopping a few places along the way. So it depends on what's conducive for your style. And I I can see why people like Maui, but I didn't realize that like going in. And so we went to our third beach of the day after we ate the chocolate macnut pie. We went to Napili Bay Beach. And this beach is really good for swimming, suntanning, snorkeling. We saw a lot of people snorkeling in the area. Jamal even saw a sea turtle poke his head up at one point while we were on the beach as well. So that was really nice. And there's a lot of outer reef in the area. So the water is really calm, which is really nice. 
Yeah, I really like the Napoli Bay Beach. It's a little bit difficult to park, but we were able to be fortunate enough to find parking. So if you're going to be going there, try to get there early in the day to get a good parking spot. Otherwise, it's going to be difficult to park along the road and find one. We just got very fortunate that we saw somebody leaving. But lots of other cars were just going up and down trying to find a spot and waiting for that perfect moment. So we realized we have a tradition while we're in Hawaii, and that tradition is to eat Thai food. Ooh, I love Thai food. I think that's just like a worldwide tradition. So remember, Kim, when we were in Kauai, we ate Thai food that first Mm -hmm. night. And then when we went to Big Island, the night before Volcanoes National Park, we had Thai food there. And so we were looking up food to eat and Thai food came across and we're like, well, it's a Hawaii (laughs) tradition. We've got to have some Thai food. And that was the highlight of the trip? No, No. the highlight of the trip is coming in the next day here. And again, I don't want to seem like I'm ragging on it. I'm just stating, you know, my opinion on it. But the Thai food was really, really good. It was called Mai Tai Maui that we went to. You like that little pun that they do, Mai Tai? Like a Mai Tai drink? But it was really, really good. Super enjoyed it. I would highly recommend it if you're looking for a different type of cuisine, if you're done with the seafood or don't want any of the other like Hawaiian staples and things. So really recommend that place. So the next day was my birthday. Happy birthday. I was so excited. You know, I turned like 21. So congrats. Finally legal. Yeah. Jamal likes him young. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so what I really wanted to do and the highlight of the trip was go to Haleakala National Park and watch the sunrise at the top of the volcano and have the sunrise above the clouds. Only you would, on your birthday, want to wake up at 3, 4 a.m. to do something. Mm -hmm. Well, we actually tried to do it the day before, but it was sold out. And what I mean by that is you actually have to have reservations because the space at the top of the volcanic summit is limited. Again, you're in the national park. So if you want to make reservations, you have to make reservations at recreation.gov. They charge you a $1.50 fee to make the reservation, and it was sold out for Sunday. So we couldn't do it. So it happened to be Monday. And we really, even though it was Brittany's birthday, we really didn't want to do it that day because our flight home was that day, midday. And we're like, oh, it could be a lot. But nonetheless, you know, when the opportunity presented itself as that being the only day, we obviously had to take it. So yes, we woke up at 3 a.m., We had an hour and a half drive, and my God, was the view from the top breathtaking for the sunrise. Yeah, so when you get there, you have to have reservations, like Jamal said. You have to make them on recreation.gov. It's only $1.50 to make the reservations. However, you need to do some research and find out exactly when the tickets are going to be released and be on the website at exactly that time. Because like Jamal said, they sell out very, very quickly. So the day that we were aiming for, they were already sold out. So we got the Monday, which happened to be my birthday. And I'm actually really happy it happened that way. But if you wait more than like two minutes to purchase, you're probably not going to get your reservation. So when you go up, they do check to make sure you have the reservations. And we drove all the way to the top. There's two different parking lots. There's one that's a little bit lower and then the one at the very top of the summit. And you're over like 10,000 feet. And so everyone's parking. Then you have to go up like these stairs. And there's just this big area where everyone is just standing and waiting for the sun to rise. And you want to get there like 45 minutes early in the pitch black and just start to slowly see the sun start to peak up and start to rise and you can start to see the sky light up a little bit. And then you see it just moving slowly and slowly. 
and it starts to just illuminate the entire sky and start to peek up over the beautiful clouds. And the clouds are just an entire white blanket layer. So it's just really majestic and beautiful to see. I have a coworker who went and did this exact experience. And when the sun rose, she cried because it was so beautiful. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, it was beautiful. I'm not at the point of crying. I cried during movies like a baby, depending on it, but I've never <laughs> been moved by a sunrise that much. But point being, it is that beautiful, really. And, you know, Brittany described it well. You're 10,000 feet above. And my favorite thing, even before the sun came up over the clouds, was seeing the slow transition of the different colors in the sky because the sun is already up. But because you're so high up and you're in the ocean on the island of Maui, you don't even get to see the sun truly rise until it passes the clouds, not even the horizon layer that should be the water. So you see that slow transition of just different colors in the sky and the clouds, and then it is up there peaking. And it is an experience and sunrise not to be missed if you can be fortunate enough to get those reservations. But at the top of Haleakala, you are at the top of a volcanic summit. And one of the things other than the sunrise to do is the famous hike that they have right there at the summit called the Sliding Sands Trail. And it's been described as looking like you're on Mars when you're really out there because of the red color formations and just the desolateness of nothing, no trees or anything like that. So we partook in a little bit of that Sliding Sands Trail. Yeah, it's normally 11 miles if you do it round trip. However, you have to hike down into the crater and you actually, if you do the whole thing, it is a change in almost 3,000 feet in elevation. So we knew we didn't have time to do it all because we had to get back to the airport. It's a pretty much several hour hike. So we did a portion of it. It was really beautiful, very desolate. We had parts of the trail by ourselves, which is my favorite type of hiking. And because of the elevation, they say that you should give yourself double the time to go up than going down because you're going to feel the elevation and you're going to be short of breath. But one thing we failed to mention at this point in time is we're at 10,000 feet. And one tip that I read was to pack winter clothes to Hawaii. And I mean, I packed, you know, few bathing suits, but then I also had to pack a fleece, gloves, beanie a jacket because it was so cold. It dropped like 50 degrees from where we were in our hotel to where we were at the summit. So how cold was it up there? I mean, it was in the low 40s or mid 40s at that point in time. I mean, when we left the hotel where we were staying at sea level around like four o'clock in the morning, it was already 75 degrees out there. And by the time that we got to the top of the summit, I mean, we were down in the, the low 40s at that point. So definitely chilly. You're at the top of a summit. You got that wind chill factor on top of it. It's going to be a lot colder. So crazy disparity of, you know, being in Hawaii and packing normal kind of like tropical clothes. But if you're going to be doing this experience, you need to bring winter gear. That is for sure. Otherwise, you're going to freeze your ass off at the top of it and uh, maybe be crying for another reason other than the beautiful sunrise. I think. <laughs> But like we were so cold at the top, like I had everything on the beanie, the gloves, the fleece, a jacket on top of that. I even brought out our Turkish towels to use as blankets or to sit on. Sheesh. I was still freezing. So California girl, not made for that kind of weather. No, but you know, I do enjoy it. And when we went on the sliding sands trail, it did warm up a little bit. The sun was fully out, warmed up a little bit. I was able to shed some layers. So definitely would recommend Haleakala National Park. It was so beautiful, such a unique experience. 
You do have to have the reservations. It was definitely the highlight of the trip. I would go back to Maui to hike some more of the trails in the national park, of course, because that's what I love to do. But I still enjoyed Maui. I just think that Jamal had higher expectations overall. Yes, I loved it. Like I said, in hindsight, I just went in with too high of expectations. So that's why I'm just promise you I'm not ragging on it. I just want you to not go in with high expectations if you've heard great things about it and haven't been and have been to any of the other Hawaiian islands, specifically Kauai. Well, that is perfect timing because we are moving on to questions of the week. And our first question coming in is asking, which Hawaiian island should I visit as a first time visitor? Maui, because then when you visit the other ones, you're not going to be disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) I would have to agree. So granted, I have not been to Oahu yet, except for at the airport. So of the main four, I've been to three of them, except for Oahu. And I have to agree with Brittany's sentiment. But to be completely honest, you have to know what you want to do. Because, you know, Maui is more like resort life. I think Oahu is more resort life as well. You know, it's very famous. It's very commercialized, very like Waikiki and those sorts of things. If that is what you're going for and your whole goal is to be resorty and just go to the beach, those two islands are for you. If you're going to be a little bit more adventurous, you want to do some hiking in the national parks, you want to be in more remote places of Hawaii, then I would recommend Big Island or Kauai because of that, the lushness, the greenness of Kauai, but it was more of a jungle feel. You can't really get to some of the roads. So you have a different experience. So I'm going to disagree with both of you and say Kauai. And the reason is because not everyone can get back to Hawaii year after year. That's true. So why not see the best one if that's the only one you might have the chance to see ever or at least for a long time? And I really think Kauai has it all. You have hiking in Mm -hmm. the canyon. You have resort beaches. You have more desolate beaches. You can bike. You have the food. You have the jungle. Like you kind of have it all. Except for volcanoes. And that's true. And it doesn't have a national park. National park. That is true. That is true. But you do have the Grand Canyon of the Pacific, which should be a national park. It probably will be one day, if I'm being honest. I think it's probably on the list of potentials. And you have the Nepali Coast, which is absolutely stunning. One of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And I don't know how that's not a national park. Right. That is just like, it's unreal that it even exists. Well, you know what? Based off of your train of thought, I agree with you. But if you are going to be, and it is your goal to go to all the Hawaiian islands, and if you're not doing it on one trip, then I think Brittany and I sentiment is onto something. But you have a very good point, And I agree with it thoroughly, Kim, actually. If you're going to go to one, go to the best one. You know, we went to Kauai. And I remember, Kim, you were asking, like, <laughs> should we island off? <laughs> you know, go to some of the other islands. Like, what are we going to do for a full week in Hawaii? We didn't have enough time time in Hawaii. Actually, well, we had the perfect amount of time in Kauai, but we could have done more if we wanted to. That's true. And part of the reason for why I was thinking that way is because there was not that much content on the web about Kauai. It's like a lesser known hidden gem of the islands. Maui gets all this attention, Waikiki, Oahu, they all get all the fame, but Kauai is the better one. And also part of the reason I was inspired to start a podcast and kind of get you guys on board is because of things like this. This content doesn't exist and someone needs to put it out there. Yeah, and someone has to be real with the content too. And like we're trying to bring authentic experience. And so, you know, not every trip is going to be super hyped up because we're just talking about our real experiences. Mm -hmm. 
And what's funny is when we got back from Maui, Kim, do you remember me telling you saying that, you know, I'm glad that we went to Kauai first and you were saying you're island hopping and we didn't need to. <laughs> but if we were literally to spend a week in Maui, I would have been like, oh, Kim's on to something. We should be island hopping. <laughs> I felt like we were done after three days. But again, that's the non-resort aspect of what we did on the island. Well, that leads into our second question, Jamal. One of our listeners asks, how much time should we spend in Maui? If you're not staying at a resort, I recommend no more than three days. My personal opinion. I think it gives you enough time to do the road to Hana and the national park and enjoy like a couple of the nicer beaches there. But other than that, I don't know how much more time you could truly spend. I would say three to four days. If we spent one more day, I would have gone on more of the northeast side of the island because that is a rugged area too with a lot of hiking. So if we had a fourth day, that's where I would have spent my day. But I would agree with Jamal otherwise. I can definitely see someone who lives in like the Midwest. There's no beach nearby. They don't see beaches normally. They don't take a lot of vacations maybe. And maybe you want to spend a week just enjoying the beach, enjoying island life. I think, you know, when you look online and you look at recommendations, they do recommend a week. And if that's the experience you're having, absolutely. And I think you bring a great perspective is we live in San Diego. We mm-hmm. are near beaches all the time. We've been to Hawaii before. We've been to tropical islands. So if someone who lives in the middle of nowhere and doesn't take a lot of vacation and they have a week off, they want to spend it all in one place relaxing. Just relaxing, chilling, having Mai Tais. Yeah, I'm with that. All right, Maui, take it or leave it. You decide. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Keep the adventures going with us on Instagram and YouTube at Travel Squad Podcast. Tag us in your adventure if you go to Maui. Send us in your questions of the week. If you found the information in this episode to be useful, or if you thought we were just plain funny, please be sure to share it with a friend that would enjoy it too. And as always, please subscribe, rate and review our podcast, and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We have some more amazing adventures and tips in store for you. Bye, squaddies. Bye. Bye.